Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Extra Life. I'm Keza McDonald. And I'm Ellie Gibson. And today our guest is Tony Way. Hello, Tony. Hello there. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I've got a very young baby, so oh, I don't no. know what's what's what anymore. Yeah, be perfectly super, <laughs> super fun having a super young baby during lockdown as well, eh? I mean, literally, she's the age of lockdown. <laughs> Is she it, is was it? born on the 30th of March, so she's wow. first week of lockdown, I think she was born, so yeah, weird. And is she your first baby, Tony? And only. And <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I yes. thought that, Tony. I thought that. I was wrong. <laughs> no, she's, gen- she's genuinely delightful, but at the moment, I don't know how you could even do two. Yeah. Can, yeah. So you, do one. And you're enjoying fatherhood so far? It's good. I think it's not exactly the way it is normally, because we're both here all of the time so mm. it's great really just mm. we haven't got any money anymore there's just no work <laughs> that's the same but, uh, that's the same whether or not there's a pandemic when you have true. a first child to be honest yeah that's true. don't worry so, it definitely gets easier when they can uh, walk and talk and ask you for things doesn't it yeah and, and go and go down the mines yeah bring home some money so for the listener tony do you mind introducing yourself and, and what you do not that i need any introduction not that um, you need, of i not. am a comedy writer actor mostly actor these days and gamer which is handy for this podcast <laughs> Do you want to say any like shows I've been in that sort of thing? I mean, the list is long. Pick three. Uh, most recently, <laughs> Afterlife, Ricky Gervais's Netflix sitcom, and uh, Game of Thrones, stuff oh, like that, yeah. and uh, the excellent Agendum for Radio Four. So it's a great show. I'm afraid I've only dabbled in Game of Thrones when my husband watches it, so I've not seen all of it. Did you meet a grisly end in Game of Thrones, Tony? Like everyone, yeah, and I, it was a good death. That's what you hope for when you're in that show. <laughs> You'd either survive and you become the king, or you have a really good death. And I had a good memorable one. Oh, what was um, yours i helped kill if you don't know game of thrones this isn't gonna make no sense but i imagine there's a, the venn diagram of computer games and game of thrones there's a big crossover there basically so a circle yeah. all know. i kept up kill joffrey escaped with sansa got on a pirate ship and then got gold thrown at me and then i got shot in the face with an arrow and just left to drift off to sea 
That's a busy day, so, isn't it? Yeah. You've packed a lot in there, Tony. <laughs> busy, day. <laughs> busy day. So obviously with lockdown, a lot of people have been playing more video games, but you've got a tiny baby. So I'm guessing that might not be the case for you the last seven months um, or so. Seriously, that would have been me, seven months. I would have been, I had have my own Twitch stream and everything <laughs> by now playing some random game. But no, I've been looking after a baby instead or sleeping when I'm not looking after the baby. So I've not really had a chance. I've literally on my shelf, have got, the last of us two still in its wrapping just oh, waiting still in the plastic it's only a few yeah. months old you know give it give it three years and then you can start feeling bad about that one yeah <laughs> did you i mean is it what you expect because i mean, i don't know if you remember this keza but i remember meeting you meeting up with you when you were pregnant with your first child and you telling me do you remember this yep, that you're yep. gonna have all this time on your hands when you have maternity leave so you were gonna learn mandarin i was yeah i thought i'd pick up chinese <laughs> why not i literally said those words they came out of my mouth and the way you looked at me i was like oh it turns out that was a dumb thing to say i don't think i said anything because i was trying to <laughs> no be a good you, you friend. were very good you suppressed the uh, not the mirth on your face but certainly you didn't let it come out of your mouth. So I'm was... told mainly by my husband that my face often betrays my inner thoughts, even <laughs> my... when I think it's... Um, my it... mother used to say I had an honest face. <laughs> it's a very polite way of saying resting bee face. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you, you've not been learning Mandarin then, Tony. You've just uh, been no, looking at it, I mean, so it was going to be during the pregnancy and maternity. Yeah, thing. I decided that because babies don't really do much and they sleep all yeah. the time, you know? I'd yeah. just uh, yeah. I'd just be able to pick up. So I did find that I played an awful lot of video games when my first son was born because um, I took the night shifts. So I was up uh. all night. And so I just have the baby because my baby was one of those babies who just didn't sleep unless he was on me or on someone. Mm. So mm. he wasn't in the crib for literally the first four months of his life. So I just stayed up all night playing games. And the thing is, because I was so completely exhausted, hormonal, etc., I don't remember a damn thing <laughs> about Final Fantasy fifteen. Or, uh, Final F- I was going to ask which game it was. It was that. that it was that, that and um, Stardew Valley, and I played both of them for like seventy or eighty hours each minimum. And I don't remember a single thing about those games. I lost them. They've gone in the memory hole. Have you always been a gamer, Tony? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I suppose it started. Well, we didn't have a lot of money. It's not going to be a sob story, but we didn't have loads of money growing up, so we weren't a family that had it, all the latest games machine so it was quite exciting when my dad would come back from a boot sale or i would and we'd have picked something up for a fiver one of those weird consoles that came out in the late 70s and they would last about a day and then they would blow up um so we would have like a spectrum for a week and then it would explode or we'd have like a i think we went through about 10 atari 2600s that we just sort of found in sort of jumbo sales and things i think the first one we had properly was um a binatone tv master the pong uh, machine basically yeah me too yeah. that was the first one and i also i'm not a jumble set but i bought it yeah and no, i bought it at church uh fate is it am i right is the one where you, you twisted it, it yeah, didn't it's, have it's um, a, like a, adults, a, a knob rather than a, a yeah. joystick yeah it's like the, it, re, to recreate the thrilling sensation of opening a bottle of evian it was like yes. that just over and over <laughs> and over t- and over turning again turning up a, an old stereo yeah <laughs> here's a brand new idea from the united states which can turn your television set into a game that two can play. All you have to do is, uh, first of all, to switch it off, unplug the aerial, plug in the electronic game simulator, switch on the set again, 
and now who's for tennis because that's what we're going to play. And I remember plugging it in and, and, and getting it to work on the telly and then my dad was absolutely furious because I managed to detune the television from actually broadcasting <laughs> television, um, which he was quite upset about. You can have television or pong. Yeah. And I think options. also it was quite... It, it sold itself... I, I mean, it only claimed to have four games the first one and I think it was tennis, doubles tennis or squash... Or doubles squash, which isn't four games, is it? That's one game. Let's it be honest. Really, just yeah. one of them going slightly the other way. But it was, I love. It was like magic seeing that on the telly. There was something you could control on the telly. I'm making it sound like I'm a thousand years old. I'm not, but <laughs> it was. And it's not. I was a bit old for that, really. Mm. Like I was born a bit late, but we weren't exactly computer minded in our house for a while. What's the first game you remember having a proper impression on you? I was obsessed. Obsessed. It's not a good game, particularly with Double Dragon. Oh, Double Dragon. Yeah. Now, did I you play that, Kevin? I, I did. We, one of the many computers we got that came and went was a Commodore 64. It didn't last very long, but we did play Double Dragon on it. Very soon after that, there's a story behind this as well. We got um, an Amiga 500 very early on. So we went from having not really a computer in the house to like the most up-to-date one you could get and it was it wasn't even out in this country yeah wasn't um, the amiga like the bmw of home computers it was insane um and because well, it was you a played it, it made you a wanker. My, dad, my dad was a painter and decorator <laughs> who was a young lad i don't know what the polite way to say it he was he, he was excitable and he wasn't very bright but he was lovely <laughs> he loved computers but he wanted to sell it and buy uh fishing equipment so my dad said we haven't got a home computer i'll buy it so i remember going with my dad to this bloke's flat and we were sat in the car outside and a computer appeared from the sky on a rope from (laughs) the fourth floor and we were like what and my dad went i think he's he's burgling somewhere (laughs) (laughs) but it it turns out it was his but he was still because he was so young if his mum had found out because he'd spent thousands on this thing if his mum had found out that he was selling it, she would have killed him. So we bought it off of him and apparently he bought fishing equipment. So he had to lower the it proceeds. on a rope. As a side note to that, he sold the fishing equipment and bought a car and then one week later crashed the car. So he went from a meagre owner to nothing in the space of a month. A proper Richard to rags, a classic one. <laughs> I say, let's get him on here. He sounds brilliant. I want to meet this dude. And we always had a lot of technical stuff we'd sort of take we'd go into computer game shops when they were still sort of quite technical especially if you had an amiga and they'd go oh this is the american version you need extra things to make all of these games work so it was always a like everything i buy in my life slightly not quite the right one (laughs) just a bit suboptimal yeah i remember not having a casio calculator at school and having a sharp one and like the teachers had no idea what to do it's always been a bit like that in my family slightly (laughs) off brand So did you partake in any of the text adventure games that were the Mm. thing in the early computer age? I think I came a bit later. Uh, There was a game called Mind Shadow. It was a text adventure, but with some pictures. And that was an Amiga game. And that was, I remember loving it and not really knowing what the hell I was doing. What was it about? What was the premise? The Mind Shadow bit of it was that you were, like all good computer games, you've lost your memory and you wake up somewhere. I think in this case, from memory, it was a desert island. You're on a beach with a marvelous and intriguing view of the ocean. You see a hut to the north. You see a shell. Get shell. Whoops. And you have a shell in your inventory and nothing else. Look, shell. It is a colorful shell. Examine shell. 
it's going to say the same thing. I for inventory. You have a shell. And then you sort of have to find out why you're there, what's happened to you. It was genuinely, you'd lose yourself in the game. and You were literally just going, go north, go south. Take thing, open thing. Open, yeah, open. It's amazing what the this. imagination was, will fill in, great. isn't it? It, it was, love was those a little games. bit more advanced than your literal text adventure. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Look, mate, I don't think anybody in the history of time has ever actually completed a text adventure. Can I Can I be honest? I've actually completed, despite being a professional video game journalist for two decades, I've actually completed very few video games. <laughs> like, you'd well, be surprised how few I've actually played to completion, to be honest. But also, define complete, because you can complete the story, and then there's all that other stuff. Like, Oh, no, that definitely doesn't you, count. No, that doesn't count. Absolutely not, no. no. That, yeah, I've, I've never finished a game if you have to, like, 100%. <laughs> No, do you know yeah. what? I have, I've got 100, because on Donkey Kong Country on the SNES. Goes up to 100. 101%. I've got 101% on that, mate. Do you have completed a video yeah. game then? Yeah, no, I have completed some. I've completed that. I completed Aladdin, also on the SNES. That was the first game I ever completed. I have done most of the Tomb Raiders. Mm-hmm. Then it starts to get really... And I used to complete the games I had to do for work. Like if I had to review Dante's Inferno or Alan Wake, I completed those. Um, which is probably why I gave them such low scores because I hated them by the end of it. <laughs> really, really hated it. Are you a completist, Tony? I always start off thinking that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. The thing about the games I sort of got into more of the sort of sandboxy, go where you like games, GTA clones, it's quite hard to really complete those. Uh, if they're any good, it is anyway. Like you can't complete Fallout, can you? Can you? I don't, it's like it's a full-time sort of job to complete forever. Fallout. How, like, how many games have you completed, Keza, honestly? As a i would pick basically one game and then play that for four billion hours right um and that's because you know i would have three games a year so up until i started doing this for a job i completed every game that i played basically and then since then not not so many i I like to play games these days that are you know indie games that are like four or five hours long because then i can definitely finish them Mm. and other than that i find it really hard and apart from anything else you know it takes a lot of games 30 hours long or more it's got to be really, really, really good. Like, if a TV series is 30 hours long, you know, you're not, you're probably going to stop at season one if it's not all that great, aren't you? You're not going to just go, oh, well, I'd better finish this TV series I'm not particularly enjoying. So. She said to the man who's in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I did watch well, all of Game good. of Thrones. You, Big you, fan. You that, <laughs> that, is, that is certified um, good. That I is remember, a good TV um, series. I think the first one I completed was probably Monkey Island or Concertedly. Did you manage to complete that with a guide or without a guide? There was no guide. Oh, there was pre-internet. a... Um, on the back of the box a hint line you could call which was in america and oh call yeah it, and it cost a fortune <laughs> more than the game itself yeah and was it but a recorded monkey, voice at the other line big or was it... long games monkey island 2 was 11 discs the secret of monkey island a game so big only the sega's cd could hold it a graphic adventure game has never been so easy using the award-winning scum system walking talking taking is as simple as pointing the cursor and pressing a button the other thing i remember about monkey island 2 was it had a um to stop piracy because everyone used to just copy those discs ironically is it's a game about pirates yeah (laughs) but they had like a weird wheel thing that you'd have to match up symbols for the amiga and type in every time you played the game you'd need the disc those games i love those games the the monkey island games they were like the first really good point and click adventures weren't they they were they were extremely funny and all the all the puzzles were stupid like you had this rubber chicken with a pulley on it and you'd try and use it to solve every puzzle yes, <laughs> like eventually yes. it would come in handy at some point <laughs> yeah and like all the people you talk to on the island in the first one they're all kind of these kind of badass pirates and you're a sort of pathetic pathetic wimp of a pirate he was just sort of us <laughs> <Our eyes laughs> going through it. it was still the reserve of 
quite nerdy kids wasn't it computer gaming and to have something that was well it was still a bit nerdy it was sort of americanized monty python humor but mm. it was genuinely funny i loved it I, and i was i would it would have been as funny to me as watching the young ones or something at that at that point the bit where you had to match the correct it was such a simple idea because it's a, it's sort of like that text adventure style thing again but you had to match the correct insult to defeat each pirate. Insult sword fighting. Uh, yeah, and that would take forever. You just had to walk around the map bumping into pirates and kind of insulting them and getting yeah. the correct response and using that to go somewhere else. It was brilliant. That. Those I were really your weapons, it. weren't they? Instead of like an actual weapon, then you just have really good zingers. Yeah, you fight like a dairy farmer. How appropriate. You fight like a cow. <laughs> Do you know, interesting fact, those were written by Orson Welles. They what, weren't. They were. What were? The- those insult sword fighting insults. Really? Yeah. You're just God, making shit. He did need the money in there, didn't he? <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. That's, it feels like one of those facts that you're using to test my gaming knowledge. And it should be like, oh, yeah, Super Mario 3. Uh, yeah, it was actually uh, Hitchcock designed the uh, the levels in that. Yeah, is that true? I'm now paranoid that it was H.G. Wells. Oh, here we go. No, he was he's dead. No, he was no, he's very dead, dead right? So obviously I mean Orson Wells. Good. Uh, that, that's great content right there. <laughs> <laughs> get on with point and click oh just like you know I remember I had to review Leisure Suit Larry Did I mean that's not the greatest example of the yeah. genre <laughs> it was at the time though it was very popular back in the easy ass bullshit the rude games were never great they always promised so much but delivered so little it's because they were all made by idiots they were made by just making I don't know, a sweeping generalisation was, they were made by people for people who want to see digital boobs mm. and like literally draw <laughs> <laughs> like they're drawn on maths paper. Was it was it's it was a very it, strange choice? Why? Why why have you done this? <laughs> why have Who you made me play this? Nobody this wants this. Horrible little Hugh Hefnery guy. Oh, it was awful. Walking around making terrible jokes. It was like sub carry on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible piece of shit. I probably gave it seven out of ten. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was very tight. No, I wish I really I, I want to read that review from the time and I really hope it just says terrible piece of shit. Uh Keza, uh news just in. Uh, we've just heard from the production booth, uh, which means Joel's looked at his phone. Uh, we've just heard that Orson Welles had actually been dead for five <laughs> years when the first Monkey Island game came out. So, in fact, uh, you were wrong and I was right. You're talking horseshit. Or, oh, shit. Or, or he really got a head start on writing those zingers and was five years before. <laughs> yeah, he was really, really ahead of down. his time. Do you know what? It was Orson Scott Card. Just looked it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But I mean, all, not all H.G. Three, Wells, so not Orson unlikely. Wells. Orson's got cards. What? I mean, what a complete failure of a fact. <laughs> and was the game made in Wells in Somerset? Is that what actually happened? I don't listen. Well, yeah. I thought that sounded fucking I was hooky. Like, I'm like... I'm not uncertain that the author of the 1985 sci-fi novel Ender's Game is either of the people that I had in my head, but there we go. <laughs> we figured this out. Well, you learn something every day, and if you're with Keza, it's a fucking lie. So. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
in the post point and click era, Tony, were you were you an Xbox or a PlayStation? My f- brother, now brother-in-law, came to our family home with a PlayStation. I'd never seen anything like it. I think I'd had a big gap. Like I'd had Amiga and played friends. I had a Master System, but I hadn't really got into games since the Amiga. So that's early nineties. Then suddenly this thing arrived, and it was all three D. And he showed me Tomb Raider. I think it was and resident evil and i think i bought one two days later Mm. and that's it i just didn't stop playing that chris redfield jill valentine resident evil because i was a student and then unemployed so perfect what was it about those games that sort of blew your mind I don't think I think it was like we were saying with Monkey Island like you'd never seen humor before like that in a game. I think with Resident Evil I'd never been scared by a computer game before. I don't think. It was all I could do to protect myself against those strange creatures. Jill, our first priority is to get out of here. Yes, you're right. It was like properly terrifying. Mm. Uh, Resident Evil. For a lot of people, um, it was just, that dogs jumping through the window moment that was. Oh god, yeah, yeah, exactly. But also, and it's not great the acting, but actual voices is something I hadn't really encountered. That's how far behind the times I was. Like actual those cracked um, me up. People talking as opposed to it sort of being just weird digital music playing all of the time. It's you, the master of unlocking. <laughs> they're they're iconic. Those lines. Did you Where's know that Jill um, and Wesker? That did you know that all all the uh, the dialogue don't, for that don't game? come at me with one of your facts. Was written don't. by. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> William Shakespeare. He actually no, no, wrote was, the original script. Didn't it was uh, Haruki, okay. Haruki Murakami. <laughs> the other thing about the Amiga, going back to it, was it's. Because it's not Sega or Nintendo, I wasn't playing Sonic or Mario, really. So seeing Tomb Raider and Resident Evil did genuinely blow my mind. I'd, I'd been well out of the loop for a while. So it's sort of, I've been playing Zool and things mm. like that, which is not great. What was Zool? Yeah. Fill me in. I hear about Zool a lot, but it was I've never Sonic. played it. It was Amiga's attempt to do Sonic with a, an ant, a ninja ant. <laughs> Yeah, but it was heavily to do with sugar and sweets, and it was sponsored by Chupa Chubs um, <laughs> lollies. They were all in the game. It was very strange. I think Amiga had a few games that were sort of. They also had a Colin Colin the Quavers Quaver game. I thought you were going to say Colin the Caterpillar there, and I got so excited. <laughs> no, sorry, it's <laughs> lost no. gem. In the oldest, there was there was considered nothing wrong with trying to hawk sweets and fizzy drinks. To yeah, kids. Wasn't, wasn't there one no. called Pepsi Man on the PlayStation? There was there was a Seven Up game, I think, with yeah. Fido Dido, Fido Dido. I don't know. I'm a I'm a Fido Dido man. Fido Dido. Yeah, there was a Seven Up game. It was just yeah, that that's fine. There was um there was like a Match Three game, like a Bejeweled clone, but it was with cigarettes, and so that was Philip Morris. No, no, of course not, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> just testing you back now did you have an n64 as well i did so i i was playstation all the way to this day but i had a very powerful love affair with an n64 like a, a, you can't a be both tony you gotta to choose you can't be both <laughs> but it was mostly for the um despite it being so good for like zelda and mario I, the thing that got me on the n64 was goldeneye and mario kart and it was the hanging out thing it was 
drinking and hanging around with mates playing those. Yeah. There was a pause before you said drinking, Tony. We all know what you were actually Yeah, I was uh, drinking. Drinking, uh, drinking, drinking. Drinking for a straw. <laughs> That's um, what everyone does. They drink while they friends. play video games all day uh, and I night. just played those for hours. Like, my friend Glyn, who was unemployed at the time, I basically played Goldeneye 24, two hours a day. And I met up with him one day for a drink and he arrived and his eyes were bloodshot. <laughs> he, like he couldn't see. And I said, what have you been doing, Glenn? And he went, oh, I met Baron Samady today. And I went, you what? And he went, yeah, I met Baron Samady. I went, you met him? And I, he said, oh, yeah, no, in Goldeneye. But he sort of morphed into the game where he hadn't left his bed or stopped playing the game for so long. He thought he'd met the made-up character Baron Samady from James Bond. He'd gone mad. That does happen, we, we though. We quite as, seriously. I'm, I'm in far too deep with this farming game at the moment. And uh, I, I was walking around the other day and I saw some really, really nice pot plants. And all I could think was, them chilies need harvesting. They need harvesting. It was all I could do not to get out my scissors and just, just snip them off. Have you ever had that? I don't, yeah, really I, so I, seriously, after playing... So I had to play Red Dead Redemption 2 for work. So I spent about eight days playing it, eight, ten hours a day. And I legitimately thought I could ride horses. <laughs> like I, months later, I was thinking. I can't remember why. I was like, "Oh yeah, I like riding. I, I love riding horses. It's really." And then I remembered I'd never actually ridden a horse in real life. It was just in the video game. I'm, I must admit, I'm not an online gamer. I, I find being abused by. 12-year-olds in Texas not to be the most fun thing to happen. This is it. Like, So uh, I went online. My, when, my first time I ever went online to play a video game was in, must have been maybe 2003, just when Xbox Live came out. And I played the game Crimson Skies, which is a like dogfighting game. Oh, great game. Yeah, yeah, really good. Like it was, it was a sort of fly your plane around thing. And they had an online mode where you could go in and, you know, dogfight shoot each other. And I said three words into my headset and immediately it was like, oh, my God, we've got a girl. <laughs> and then they were all so gross and horrible that I switched voice comms off and I still have never switched them back on again to this day. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to talk to these people about anyway? They're all sort of 13-year-old boys, mostly. The fact is there are loads of nice people in online games, but they've all got their voice comms to friends only because who wants to talk to random strangers while while trying to play Call of Duty these days? I think you're cutting yourself off here, guys. I've had some lovely conversations with 14-year-old Norwegians about death metal in in World of Warcraft. While you're punching rats, it's good to have a little chat about music that you've never heard of. It's nice. The thing that always gets me is I don't know how it all happened so quickly but i'll buy especially in the past i would buy the game the second it comes out i'll play it through go online and i don't know how everyone else has got so far ahead with gta online i literally went on it the day it started and there were people like flying and doing all this weird crap and they had rocket launchers and i don't know how they've done this and it just makes it so unenjoyable to me so there's this game that's really popular at the moment called fall guys which is kind of like a Keshi's Castle funhouse style physical comedy thing where there's a hundred of you and you have to go through these stupid like running and jumping soft play scenarios basically to get to the end and you all get progressively eliminated and at the end there's one jelly bean who wins and some people have been like putting videos on YouTube about their kind of top winning strats it's just it's a knockout I don't really need to walk people are doing like a 20 minute video of like all the ways to absolutely ensure that you always get through this round and you need to get your crown at the end it's like you're ruining it it's supposed to be just how can you pause and so there are people who are so terrifyingly good at that game that they take all the fun out of it and make it make it rubbish for everybody and else is oh, there amazing. money in that for them is there are there 
paid competitions for that game. For Fall Guys, that would be hilarious. That would be <laughs> such a good esport. I would watch it. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the game is. There's always someone out there who will be so good at it that it will take all the fun out. Are you quite competitive then, Tony, with the games? Uh, I was more competitive when I was in the room when it was you sat next to the person you were playing against. Lots of FIFA, lots of GoldenEye, lots mm. of Call of Duty, Tony Hawk's, lots of pick up and play games that you don't get so much of now. I'm thinking of getting Tony Hawk's the re mastered version just because i think it'd be quite a good game to have between like looking after a baby like it's good you can, last you of can us. knock out, you can knock out like, a, a whole night can be taken just updating the last of us whereas i think tony hawk i can five minutes in and out yeah practice um, your mandarin uh and then back to the yeah. breastfeeding yeah <laughs> no problem. it's funny all the games that suddenly become incredibly unappealing when you're caring for small kids i'm obsessed with dark souls which is a very intense dark fantasy game very hard and they were Mm. my life i loved those games and then the third one came out while i was pregnant and i was like this is too stressful like all the emotions that i used to quite enjoy like it being really intense and really kind of adrenaline fueled and feeling on the edge all the time when i was dealing with the actual terrifying experience of raising tiny children i just found that really unpleasant all of a sudden it changed my gaming taste quite a lot for a while right yeah i yeah i suppose i won't i won't enjoy killing those child zombies as much as i used to be be my favorite (laughs) well it's like how you suddenly can't watch films where children are in peril in any way you're like no goonies no No, sorry you've got a really really bad day with them then it's restorative i love the souls games i I remember didn't peter afanowitz i think he loved them so much that he basically just ended up being in them i think he does half the voices he did the voices in dark souls too because he was just so very into dark souls um as as an actor tony if there was any game you could you could be in what game would you pick I'd I'd like to be in Grand Theft Auto actually as not as a playable necessarily but as someone that turns up. I remember when Ricky Gervais turned up in in the I think comedy it was club. Four. Yeah, uh, I quite like the idea of being a cameo in a computer game, not necessarily a lead character. I know quite a few people that have done them and they sound fun. Our good friend James Bartman was in. Uh, what was the name of the assassins that was set at sea? Was it Black... I'm obsessed with Black pirates Flag. today. It was Black Flag. Was <laughs> the best pirate game ever made, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. <laughs> yeah. Wonder he played a character in that, which was very like him. Sort of cowardly posh man, which is James all over. But I was quite jealous of that. That, would, that looked like good fun to do. Okay. Also, he was funny in it, which... Assassins, there's not normally much, much humour involved in those. They're normally quite po-faced, aren't they? Yeah, they can certainly be. I used to find those scenes unintentionally hilarious. The ones with, with Danny Wallace, and the, he's very funny, but the bits where you had to believe, it's like you wake up and you're in yeah. this cyber hospital ward or something. Oh, the animus yeah. bits, everyone hates those oh, bits. Oh, terrible. But, but quite funny, yeah, even though they, that's not what they meant. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't mean it. Lots of video games are unintentionally I, funny. I don't know why they didn't just give up on that bit of those games but there must be someone high up at that company who's like no we're going to keep doing the boring bit that nobody likes where you wake up in a computer and you have to go around the real world for a bit instead of yeah. fun freaking ancient Greece because that's what you obviously want to do you want to walk around an office building and not have a great time being a pirate on the sea <laughs> clearly the last one I played you literally you've just like killed this terrible ruler of a village in Egypt and then you wake up and you go to the staff canteen what was the game that was heavy rain um and i didn't really get on with it, but i remember ian lee saying that um he doesn't like shaving in real life and why the hell would he want to do it 
in a computer game. And it, that, that was literally the game. The first 10 minutes of a game he's having to shave. <laughs> Go and have a shower the and get the most boring thing to do in the world. The most fun thing to do in the first scene of Heavy Rain is you take the chap up to the fridge and you open the door and you get you get the orange juice out. And then it had this contextual control where you had to like move the control stick very slowly. <sighs> so you just move it just until it gets to his lips and then put it down again. Move <laughs> and then just put it down again. Do that for 10 minutes. I like to imagine how the character would be feeling not being allowed their orange juice for all that time. You've got oh, to find your power where you can. The, the way that you control that, that game control system worked that was basically the whole game for me well i say the whole game the two hours i played it for and then threw it in the bin watch a film if i, I will watch a film or i'll play a computer game i don't the sort of meshing of the two like that it's it wasn't done anyway yeah there was a time when a lot of games were trying to be films and now it's the other way around films are trying to be games whenever i exactly. watch i watch an action movie i'm like this is just a video game now i think i might be one of the few people that's slavishly watching all of the walking dead franchises they are literally just computer games now especially fear <laughs> the walking dead it's set up they're doing missions every week that goes back to sort of old telly sort of a team sort of mission based tv shows but they are it's you can tell that they've got an eye on making a computer game down the line it feeds into each other every game you get you there's especially the rockstar games there's always old films in them like if you know your old oh yeah crime movies Huge you can spot yeah. a mile off but they always put I in think loads it of references. is coming full circle that the films are borrowing from them now as well yeah i think it's just that the generation of people who are writing now for tv they grew up with games so like the the references kind of make their way into tv and film now in, in the way that they did the other way around when in the 90s and 2000s but as you yeah. say it's, it's full circle because famously of course citizen kane was based on ocarina of time <laughs> yeah. uh, wasn't it that was well, e- equal cultural favorite, value definitely favorite zelda game <laughs> not even kidding yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so how old is your baby now seven months seven months uh, today oh congrats those oh. month anniversaries are very important first time right <laughs> yes yeah one day you won't care when you if you if you have a second one you'll just be like how old is he two three i don't know <laughs> so still a little bit young for gaming but you know do you want your daughter to be a gamer are you going to be like um, his you know you're going to take her through the history of games make her play zool and all of this stuff i would never make anyone play zool <laughs> it's a cruel um, unusual punishment that's true <laughs> she's got her, her eye on my phone mm. and you go why is she obsessed with it you go it's because of course i look at it all of the time um you can't ever guess because there's going to be something so mind-blowing and beyond what we know about games now that i'm sure she'll be into that i don't know i I wouldn't make her play zool though monkey island though i'd make her play that i think it's educational monkey island family mario kart definitely mario kart and there was a little game when the wii came out that was little tanks on a tabletop we could all play that that's a good family game (laughs) i could never remember the name of it but i always highly recommended that game to everyone oh was it tanks 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 it might have been tanks tanks, tanks. <laughs> there was <laughs> what a great there name there was a tanks game for the Wii that was just called choo, choo, choo. tank 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 sure it wasn't fish tanks it was definitely tank tanks because <laughs> that could be confusing pretty sure like. at least so you can judge a person what's your mario kart vehicle of choice who's your who's your preferred driver um the the turtle what's he called Cooper? yoshi Oh, Yoshi. Wait, Yoshi's a dinosaur. Yoshi. Cooper's a turtle. No, Sorry? Yoshi, listen. You'll Yoshi get a is a dinosaur. No, you're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say I once, what? I once got rung up by Nintendo because I wrote an article in which I described, I referred to Yoshi being a dinosaur and they said, no, you can't do that. He's not a dinosaur. He's legitimately a dinosaur. I said, what is he then if he's not a dinosaur? And they said to me, he's a Yoshi. Right. As if that's a... It's like Yoshi's Lady Gaga and he's got like a really sensitive publicist. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Who calls up all the journalists. They're like, can you correct your article, please? And I was like, sure, and I put the phone down. Uh, 
I was like, sorry, but Yoshi is definitely a dinosaur. Don't talk well, to me. Well, I thought he was a turtle. Hatched- well, the turtles are the Coopers, aren't they, with their shells? Yoshi's not got a shell, has he? Does he not? I used to like Wario. Pretty One good. of the great villains like the of our time. How tall his knees were in the cart. <laughs> Toad is the best character. Toad had his best acceleration versus weight balance, I think. That, right, I've got... I mean, and he's not a fucking Toad either, is he? <laughs> what is he? I've got what a very, very important question. All right. Toad, his head. Is that a hat or is that actually his head? It's a hat. You've seen it taken off. It's Toad. is short for Toadstool, you morons. So is is the head his head or a hat? Is he is he? Is well, it's it a like hat? a mush. It's like a top of a mushroom, isn't it? So he's but a sentient mushroom, though, right? Is, you think you think it's his head? Is it? Well, yeah. You I've never definitely seen... seen that hat off. You never have you? Yeah, I've actually, seen it off. in in the Mario games, which it's makes never... me think like he's basing his whole name if it is Toadstool around a hat he owns. That's weird, isn't <laughs> right? It? Okay, if it's a hat, then how come every single Toad in the Mario universe has to wear the same hat? I don't know. I couldn't possibly answer. All I know is it's a hat. And if it's his head, Ellie, what's its texture? I Listen, I don't know how else to explain this to you people. Toad stool. Toad stool mushroom. Is it, is it bone under there? Like if you tapped the head, would it be hollow? It's his right. brain. In- Seriously, I don't know how else to explain this to you, Keza. Imagine a mushroom. <laughs> is the top of the mushroom a hat? No. Does Mushrooms- it have a different texture to the body of the mushroom? Slightly, because it's a different part of the mushroom, but it's still this part of the same being, isn't it? Yeah? Where's his brain? It's definitely a hat. I've, I'm telling you, I've what? seen that hat off. How do you even know that, Tony? I've seen a picture of the of Toad with his hat off. I'm telling you. That and was, he's just that was got from... a, a, a non-mushroom head. That was, There's not a mushroom yeah. head under the mushroom hat. So that picture, that screenshot you will have seen, is from a 1980s Mario cartoon and is therefore not considered canon. That's not canon, mate. <laughs> that's what I'm saying to you. Right. It's not canon. This is the debate that's uh, been uh, raging uh, in the mushroom. I personally think it's a hat. I don't care what anyone says. I think it's a hat. I mean, th- who made that cartoon if it wasn't someone that knew more about Nintendo than me? I'm going with what they've decided. <laughs> Isn't it called the Mushroom Kingdom? It is. Okay, so it's called, it's called the, Mushroom the Mushroom Kingdom. Kingdom. But no oh, one. Oh, but no, no, Peach, I don't, wait, don't, hang don't on, get Peach. me wrong. He's doubled down on his hat looking like a big mushroom. But <laughs> the hat came before the mushroom. All right, listen. Let's let's say let's say you're right. You absolute morons. Let's say it is a hat, and it's not that he's a mushroom. Why then, genius geniuses, genii? Why is he called Toad? Because um, he, it's a style choice. He's well, he's that guy that's no, like so gone to called Toad. university called... and gone right. Everyone, I'm going to get everyone to call me Toad because it's total because <laughs> of my cool hat that I've brought. <laughs> and then he's convinced everyone that he's like this toadstool guy. So he's like it's... one of those people that gets like a a slight dye job in university and then stays with that exact same hair forever. Yeah, he's he starburns from community. Yeah, gotcha. Basically. That's it. He's known for his look. Mm. I, I can't argue. This I'm really but glad the look to, is manufactured. It's I'm, not natural. I'm really, really glad to have brought this debate to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. The point is he's got the best cart in Mario Kart. I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. That's true. And he he's has. a fucking mushroom. The end. Uh, Next question, Keza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's time for our, for our new special guest. Uh, let's make this quick, shall we, Ellie? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I need a breather anyway. Yeah. Okay. I mean, after that really intense head hat, yeah. headers versus hatters debate, I feel like a little breather would be good for all of us. I, hey, come in. Hey, so thank you so much for joining us. Hello. <laughs> Who's back. this? Hello there. Hi, mm. Tony. It's me, Susan <laughs> Electronic Arts. 
double barrel name. I thought you were Tommy Vance for a second, but no, it's hello, no, Susan. I'm, I'm the top video games executive, Susan Electronic Arts. Ah, Ms. Electronic Arts is just, I'm so honoured. We wanted to invite Tony to pitch his dream game to you. Do you, do you think you can make time? That's right. Uh, Tony, we've only done 21 FIFAs and they're just not making us enough money. <laughs> do you have a game you would like to pitch to us at Electronic Arts? Yes. You need to move out of the sports arena. It's okay. one word. Minder. <laughs> I Minder like the it. computer game. Tell me more. All right. Crime has been done in computer games, you think. But what about low-level spiv crime? <laughs> you play Terry, Minder to Arthur Daly. Basically, you just have to stop him being killed for most of the game and on the do some dodgy deals on the side it's grand theft auto but instead of machine guns and murdering prostitutes it's uh-huh. selling cars pulling pints in the winchester and basically looking after arthur daly's interests just feeling a little bit annoyed by it in general it's a game i want to play i like the sound of it tony it sounds like a great a great lark however i don't know if we can afford dennis waterman uh, he's probably out of our list perhaps we could use someone else we've already got in the books in the starring role uh let me have a little flick through my contacts ronaldo how about that because we've already got him in anyway for the football I mean, games he'd do a better job than shane ritchie did uh, in the minder remake so uh, yeah fine absolutely fine Brilliant! Soul! Oh, great. Well done, Tony. You've just signed up. How, how much money are you going to give him, Susan? Uh, what, what, what do you reckon? How much would it cost to make Minder the game with Ronaldo? I think Ronaldo's taking the chunk of the money here. Mm. Uh, I'll do it for a 10 grand. Call it eight and it's yours. Uh, great, Fine. just sell a few Five Fifa to the team As long as I get first play of it. There we go. Right. <laughs> Got to get back to Guildford now, if you'll excuse me. Oh, Thanks cheers. very much for having us. Thanks, Ms. Electronic Arts. It's so just such an honour as ever. It's in the game! Yeah, oh, great. It's also just such an inspiration to see, to see a woman being so successful in, in the video game world, Susan. No problem. Always holding the door open for you, Kessa. Uh, oh, thanks so much. Brilliant. Yeah, you're, no you're, problem. You're, 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 tri- you're blazing a trail. All right. Excellent. <laughs> All right, who's it? Was that a sort of season electronic? Yeah, do you know what she out? did ask after you? It's been a while since she's, she's seen. She think double barreled names. She's not actually as posh as no, you think. It turns she? out. No. Yeah. Funny that. Mm. Great. Hello, Joel, the producer here, just dropping in with a quick fact check and to tell Tony the good news that dreams can come true. There was a computer game based on the 1980s television programme Minder. Uh, It was programmed by Don Priestley for the ZX Spectrum, uh, and I played it for most of my teenage. I think it's one of my favourite computer games of all time. It was quite simple. You just traded with lots of dodgy dealers. Um, It's a good game. You can play it online. There are lots of emulators, but the only warning for anyone who does go looking for the Minder computer game is that the theme music sounds like this. sort of the measure of you and your gaming style Tony but we'd like to finish by judging you via the medium of a quick fire round go for it you're into it okay first of all question number one Sonic or Mario Mario oh yeah Mario oh it sounds like there's some some debate there why have you gone for Mario there no Mario Mario is Mario that's good Sonic Sonic was two good games Mario's dozens Mario. Oh, that is completely the correct answer. Congratulations. Really slowing down this quickfire round. <laughs> we, ha- we have a lot of people who just give the wrong answer to that one, so it's, it's good. It's good to know you're, you're, you're on it. Resident Evil or Days Gone? Resident Evil, overall. Days Gone was brilliant, though. I did really enjoy it. Warrior or Wizard? 
I, oh, see, look, this is where my indecision comes in. I always play a sort of magic-y warrior, mm. like a sort of pyromancer, something like that. But I would probably go warrior, but with a bit of magic. But let's all be honest, you go pirate, given the, given the choice. Pirate, you, definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my tricorn hat out. I'm getting in the mood. Link or Lara? Link. Also correct. Sniper or shotgun? Sniper. Oh, we got a sneaky sniper, finally. Yeah. Ah, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. There a we go. Lot of, I mean, similar to GoldenEye, lot of two-player uh, Mortal Kombat too. With the old yes. drinking, yeah. Ah, oh, well, thank you very much, Tony, for thank sharing you, Tony. Your, your life in games with us. You are so very welcome. Uh, can I just, uh, some notable mentions just quickly at the end. Go for it. Deluxe Paint, Elvira, Lemmings and Utopia on the Amiga 500. Some oh, games that some, saw me through my childhood. Some contemporary recommendations there from Tony Way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> games by that an, make by it an the emulator. Man. So oh. when when we end the show, um, our producers decided that we had to say game over, which obviously we don't want to do because no. it's lame. Um, so we're getting the guests to say it, Tony. Do you think you could give us, a, in the style of your choosing, a game over? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm trying to think what game this is from, but there's a very particular one from the 80s that goes... Game over. Very good. I, <laughs> I like... think that's about 90% of all games in the 80s. I think you've really managed to get across the compressed nature of the audio file that it always was as well. It's really good. Oh, thanks very much, Tony, and thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank Until you. next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This has been Extra Life. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Extra Life Pod. Extra Life with, with Ellie Gibson, Gibson and Kaza McDonald. Produced by Joel Marks. Assistant producer Alex Hart. Music by Wayne Shedder. Extra Life is a great big owl production. We've had some complaints from the various video game executives featured on this show, um, and we'd like to just make absolutely clear that uh, Ellie's voices do not represent the actual views of uh, any of the corporations mentioned. Oh, spoil sport. Uh. (laughs)